Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm edited for content. I mean, I'm Alex. Well, then I guess that makes me Britain. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah, um, by, by process we're here. Of elimination. Uh, and uh, we're, we're talking about that Toy Story 2. Guys, do you ever feel like when we watch a movie that we all really like it's it's not that it's not that i think oh geez this is gonna be a good episode but when i feel like whenever we watch a movie that we hate there's so much more to dig into and make fun of when we all like it it's like guys guess what we're gonna talk about a movie we enjoy <laughs> like as happy as i am to watch a movie i love yeah. it almost makes it harder to talk about in a podcast i think i think last week kind of depends on if it's a movie that is is so good that we're all just ready to unpack it because i think last week we were all just diving into it uh, yeah yeah and this week i think it's a little less novel um sure because it's like we we have established a lot of the elements and the creative ideas that went into this that made it such a good movie make it such a good franchise and so now we're kind of like we can i i think this one might be more of a more of a shorter episode where we were just kind of like it was good it's a good yep. movie but we'll see <clears throat> So, Alex, what are those uh, scores on this bad boy? Uh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Toy Story 2 was released in 1999, directed by John Lasseter. It has a 100% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. So, both that and the first film have 100%. And an 86% audience score. Don't know what happened there. <laughs> Britain, since Tyler and I basically could not come up with worse things, you go first and then we'll work backwards. So, yeah, so my worst thing is really not anything major. It's something that I noticed, but um, it's not enough to to make me dislike the film at all. And that's going to be, I feel like it goes a little heavy on the pop culture references. Hmm. But that said, I feel like I maybe had two... Uh, worse things but that said there are some really good jokes that are pop culture references like when they're driving in the car in the Alice toy barn and rex is running behind them the jurassic park joke there i like that a lot uh i wasn't crazy about the zerg saying i am your father it's like oh okay i get it <laughs> but then that led to a really good joke where he and buzz are playing catch which is yes. very funny i i believe i think i knew zerg or Zerg saying, no, I am your father. I think I had heard, maybe even seen that before, like seen mm. Toy Story 2 before I saw Empire. Like, Oh, wow. I think that's how I absorbed that reference. And then just <laughs> I've always known it since then that like that's what that was referring. I don't know. Like, Wow. I think that, that maybe that's why I don't like Star Wars as much as, as many people uh, of my <laughs> that's age. That's what caused it. Is because Toy Story 2 spoiled it for me. But um, I don't know. It's fascinating. Well. I'm not going to say that Toy Story 2 is pretty much better than all of the Star Wars movies, but uh, it's better than all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> but, yeah, I, and I feel so – I guess I, I feel like um, apart from those, like, eh, they do the 2001 Space Odyssey score towards the beginning, which I know made Alex really happy, reminding him of one of his favorite films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they also intersperse a bunch of Star Wars sound effects in that opening. Sure. Now, but he's also, not saying that uh, Toy Story 2 is better than 2001 A Space Odyssey, but... 
I'm saying it's much better than <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, Toy 1001, please. Um, sure. Oh, my God. A space yeah, story. It's not aware. Hot take. I don't like 2001. Continue, Britain. I think it's a divisive movie. Perhaps right. more controversial. I haven't seen it. Um, sure. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that would be it. Like, I, I feel like there are some jokes in there or some things they start that I'm like, okay, are we really doing this? But then it sometimes will end up paying off, so no big deal. Um, mentioning Zerg and the other Buzz playing catch, this is a really great bit where Buzz, like, throws a ball to Zerg and it goes, like, way past him, way over his head, and Zerg's like, Great job, son! You did it. <laughs> like he's just such a positive <laughs> buzz. That's my. Boy. I think he yeah. like, hit him in the face or something like that. He does. He does. I feel, he hits him I in feel the like face. something happens like that. His, and Buzz is like, "You're a great dad." <laughs> like it's so over the top. So yeah, I mean, like that's how <laughs> bad my worst thing is. Is that it really cares? Um, my best thing you could you could just just reach in and grab something. I'm gonna go with Tom Hanks. Uh, sure. obviously he's amazing. He's great. We all know this, but I just really loved a lot of the stuff he got to do in this. I really loved when he's trying out the different Woody toys. And I wonder if they just let Hanks like riff. Cause he's like, what? Oh, there's a snake in my boot. I get it. What happened? You push this. Oh, and bubbles come out. That's clever. I like it. Okay. Oh, I, oh, and this is amazing. Like he's so, he's having so much fun. And he just gets to really get energetic in this. And I, I, I found him delightful to listen to, as uh, I always do. Did that help? I, I figured out. <laughs> did that help either of you narrow your stuff down? <laughs> I, I have actually figured out something. Um, do it. I came to this of, of my own volition. <laughs> Go on. I'll start with my best thing. Um, my best thing is just that this movie is it feels like a very natural place to go in terms of a sequel from the first film um it expands on on the the ideas from from the first film particularly when buzz is questioning his existence and his place in the world and and what it means to be a toy mm-hmm. and and the value in in bringing a, the child that owns you joy um and this one the, the question or conflict that Woody faces of like, well, you, you kind of have a, a sure thing in terms of, of surviving in a safe environment and you'll you'll be with, with some friends, some people you actually like, um, and, and kids will see you and get some enjoyment out of you, but it won't be the same as, as a child actually playing with you um, versus going back to his home uh, where he knows eventually he will be thrown away or sold or something. Yeah. But but he's willing to to do that because that's how much he values being Andy's toy. I don't know. I, I I found all that stuff really really powerful and really um resonant and how that feeds into the conflict that all the the new characters that are introduced. Um, everything with Jesse is just heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's so the conflict in the movie. I feel like is so perfectly structured. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's a, it's just a natural extension of the ideas from the first film, which I feel like. This is, rightfully so, it's often listed in, in the short list of, of best sequels, or mm. sequels that tend to be better than the original. Um, and I feel like for most of those cases, it, that tends to be the case, where like The Dark Knight naturally feels like an extension of ideas presented in Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know, all, all that stuff really... No, he's not saying Toy Story 2 is better than The Dark Knight. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll probably give it a higher grade than the Dark Knight. Entry. I, I think I like. I think I like the Dark Knight more, but that's just personal sure. preference in my my nerdy love of superheroes. Anyways, um, this was just me thinking of like, oh, what's what's a dumb plot point that I can just kind of like, oh, I'll I'll scapegoat that. That's my worst thing. Um. I find it to be a little too unrealistic that they're just able to take the little um, cargo truck thing from all the way from the <laughs> oh. airport <laughs> to get home yeah. in, in a single night, no less. Well, yeah. Santa does it. I already found it a little – I was given the movie a lot when they're, when they're taking the uh, – A Pizza Planet van? the pizza planet van to get to the airport. And I'm like a cop would have stopped them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or, or even like the, the scene where they're crossing the road with the cones, which is fun, but it's just ludicrous. Yeah. Um, I do like that in with, yeah, with the think, cones, they thought out how the, the cars would swerve around them and the cars were like, Oh, there's cones. I have to stop here or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I like how right. they built from that. Yeah. But I, I know what you mean. Right. I, I feel like that, that last bit of just like we got to get them back to Andy's house somehow. Uh, here we go, <laughs> and it does pay off with the joke of seeing that they've crashed it across the street, right. and the neighbors they they walk in like, "What is going on?" <laughs> also, I did think of this. I watched it with Tyler, and we we thought of, or at least I thought of, wouldn't Al? I feel like that would appear on the local news, and I feel like Al would able to be able to to figure that out pretty quickly and be like, "Oh." Andy's mom must have gotten Woody back somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overthinking it a bit. I don't know how he would have narrowed it down though, unless like he saw the suitcase or something. I mean, he would have realized the because he's on the plane at the end, or he's supposed to be on the plane. Yeah. It's like, okay, what happened to my my Woody doll and my Jesse doll? Mm. And then he sees on the local news, oh, this little cargo thing that is specifically this brand of plane. Oh. Uh, is right across the street from the house where I stole Woody. I don't know. I, I feel like he might have been able to figure that out. But that's that's not a problem at all. Just something I thought of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. Tyler? I think uh, to kind of go off of your best thing, um, I think my best thing is the way the movie expands on the lore um, sure. The, I I think that it does some really interesting things with like, the uh, the buzz, uh, t- the two buzzes basically. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty years before in game, just saying. <laughs> uh, they you know they they've got all that set up. Now um, Tyler's not saying the Toy Story two is better <laughs> than Avengers Endgame, uh, but but I think that. It does some fun stuff. I mean, obviously, the idea of them going to a toy store and then the idea of, oh, what if they get captured by a toy collector and he's trying to um, do, you know, t- put them up for, for sale and all that. It's interesting to... I feel like this makes it feel a lot more... The world feel a lot more lived in because it's like, oh, this is how our world interacts with the toys. Like, it's not just yeah. kids having a wholesome relationship with their toy, and then if they lose their toy, they're like, oh, no, and they get them back, and they're excited. Like, there's more to it in terms of the way adults interact with the toys, and I think that's an interesting... And the way toys uh, are used by companies for, you know, the marketing and sales and everything. Like, that, I think all of that is an interesting uh, element that this adds, where it's it thinks more about that and not just as far as, like, 
it basically it, it takes the first movie as we've already established that kids have a really strong relationship with their toys and it's a thing to be appreciated and cherished. Now in this movie, we're expanding on that to what are some of the, I mean, I feel like almost every one of these movies expands farther down what eventually happens to a toy <laughs> and mm-hmm. trying to explore that and how a toy who could live and think would, would feel about this. Uh, and, and this is the first step on that. And so it just does a lot of things that I find really interesting. And I think are creative ways to keep exploring this premise in a way that doesn't make it uh, sort of, boring i guess (laughs) no i agree and and Um, they do such a nice job of not overcomplicating it through while expanding the world yeah they go okay well what are other things that relate to toys like you said how 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 do adults interact with toys like what are other ways that toys exist in the world aside from it being a child's play thing and they go oh a toy collector cool they don't go into this whole crazy thing about okay and so then rex was part of this kind of collection of toy and then this was part of it they're like Oh, yeah. Woody, because, you know, we, we know that Buzz has this whole built-in storyline with his toy franchise. Mm-hmm. What what about Woody? Oh, let's give him this kind of old, oh, we like that. And we can tie that in with the Sputnik thing and how Sputnik yep. changed. Like, that's all very smart. Pixar is so good the at being... versus new. Yeah, exactly. And Pixar is so good at being so smart but not overly complicated. <laughs> like, very yep. layered but not, like... Wait, why, why? We so so many sequels. I think have too many moving pieces, and there's too much, and they blow it out too big. Here, they just expand it, and they just find other things that would naturally make sense, and they explore that, but in a way that is still totally. I don't know. You, you, they, they still get a lot out of of it for a sequel, so it does feel bigger, but yeah. it doesn't feel like too much, which is I feel a problem with a lot of sequels. Yeah, it, it definitely avoids the problem of let's just do the first one again, but but it'll just have a bigger scope or yeah. bigger scale, or let's just change it from from being the first movie to being what's it like like the Pitch Perfect problem where it's like let's just make like a big Hollywood comedy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, I think my worst thing again we're all nitpicking here. We're not like yeah, we're we're trying to find something to give some sort of balance to the criticism good or bad oh yeah my um, my my worst thing is is certainly not like an actual complaint i would lob at the movie yeah. and i'm sure as as tyler likes to point out for a lot of the stuff i'm sure you could throw a no prize at, at that mm-hmm. to just kind of like write it away it's fine find, find <laughs> like an explanation um yeah though i think the the only thing that sort of bothered me at all watching this uh because i think the the end with the airplane cargo truck that's just so absurd that I just think it's hilarious, and I'm, I'm like, yeah. yep, sounds good. Roll with it. I'm, I'm right. on board. Um, the bit about her, or her, I'm, the bit about Andy's mom um, finding Woody at the garage sale and then saying, oh, this guy's trying to buy him. How did Woody get out here? And then putting Woody in her, her container and everything. And then there's never really a point where she acknowledges that Woody is missing or... And he, sure. Like I mean, I guess you could just argue that she kind of just forgot about it at some point, mm-hmm. and then when well, she, th- I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's so much that, unless you mean like specifically at the end of the movie. But I think, like for the duration of the movie, Andy's off at cowboy yeah. camp, so she doesn't really have anyone to talk to about that. Sure, sure. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know how you would have brought this back around into the middle of the story at any point. Um, but I'm just thinking like. Yeah, at the end of the movie, Andy gets back. Okay, Woody's up on the shelf where he left him. Great. 
versus uh or no i guess she he's on the bed but still same thing um yeah because they have that whole setup and andy thinks that uh his mom got jesse for him and uh bullseye which we can get into the the mom jesse theory sure that is totally headcanon i don't care who (laughs) if they denied it or not it's headcanon sure um basically my point was just i thought it was weird that they don't address you would i know basically the fact that uh a child losing a toy is supposed to be such a strong yeah you know especially looking at the last movie such a strong like oh man the, the kid's gonna freak out about that obviously the kid in this case andy doesn't know what happened and he doesn't even know that they're you know he thinks woody's still sitting on his shelf um but it's weird to me that they never address the fact that the mom would have been like oh hey I, I needed to get Woody, so I put him in this lockbox. This lockbox now now unlocked. The guy who wanted Woody is gone. Woody's gone. Right. Uh, you know, it, it felt weird to me that yeah. she... They never show her acknowledging that, and they never show her, like, forgetting that clearly. I don't know. I thought that was a weird dangling thread that at the end it was just kind of like... It makes her seem kind of careless about, like, <laughs> this, no, I this toy that her son cherishes. Because um, it's not like... Weird, but. If Andy... Cause, Again, I work at a library when there's a lot of small children. With with the really, really small ones, sometimes it's not that the parents are careless. It's that the parents realize, like, you are going to forget about this thing sure. <laughs> because you're two. But Andy is, like, an older kid, and yes. his mom knows how much Woody means to him. And that you can't just be like, oh, I guess – you can't distract him with a new toy. You yeah, know, yeah. like, Andy knows it's Woody. The, I also noticed at the end of the movie – so obviously Woody at the beginning has been damaged. And – Later, the old man, who is from the Pixar short Jerry's Game, Correct. where the old man plays either Chester Checkers against himself, and he's in this as the toy fixer. Mm. The, the Dr. Toy, it, he comes in and uh, fixes Woody. But then later, Andy's mom sees Andy with Woody. She goes, oh, you fixed Woody. And he goes, yeah, I did. And I was like, but you didn't, Andy. And how did – Oh, no, what? no, he – I forget what you missed a detail. Yeah, I forget what uh, when this happens, but at some point, Woody gets his arm torn again. Oh, um, I think it's, it's when um, stinky. When peak. they're in the uh, the cargo transport yeah. room, that's like a labyrinth. Oh, <laughs> that wow. thing's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the prospector knocks Woody to the ground and then cuts him. He's With like, I can cut you worse if you want. Yeah. Oh, how did I miss that? That's no. uh, Pixar. That's so smart. <laughs> okay, never mind yeah. then. Okay, well then I take it back. All right. <laughs> oh wow! It does show Andy using like tape, <laughs> like a magnifying glass. I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how I pulled this off, but you know what? Good for him. Hey. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that yeah, was the I, only thing that I found. I, I did notice that during the movie. I was like, I feel like his mom should be in some way trying to pursue and resolve this situation. Um, yeah, the, the, she would have again, some realization that like. Oh, your favorite toy's back, and then later she's like, "Oh yeah, he's here." Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and you, again, you can argue, <laughs> you know, maybe she thinks that Andy found him and took him back to his room or or what have you. Right, yeah, right. It's not not a big deal. Maybe the dog opened the lockbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the problem is the lockbox was his mother the whole time. Of course, ah, the old riddle. And again. These points matter far, far less because the rest of the movie works so well that you're kind of just like, 
oh, that's a, a silly detail that you can kind of talk about yeah. for a bit, as opposed to, oh, that's something that really distracted me because I was already, the movie had not completely immersed me, and so I was, you know, yeah, exactly. getting, hitting all these speed bumps and getting distracted. Um, it's a good movie. Oh, yeah. So, Alex, you introduced So the, what are you guys' the... grades? <laughs> <laughs> you introduced the Andy's mom uh, theory out there. You want to take, take us down that, that little rabbit hole? Sure. So basically, the idea is that we never actually know what Andy's mom's name is. She's never referred to by a first name in dialogue. And when we see the flashbacks with Jesse, we see a, a woman who, who, or a girl who, who seems to fit um, the, the physical description of Andy's mom. Do we see her? And do we see her face in that? Or, I don't think so. Okay, mm, I, didn't, I don't remember. Probably, probably enough that you could like stop, I mean, like her, pop, like the back of her start, head, start, stop the movie to try and find the exact screenshot. But like, it's not probably not clearly. But the biggest detail is she has the specific hat that she wears, which is like a a human sized Jesse hat. Oh, that's right. And Andy has that, and he had it in the first movie. Right. So I think the theory is supposed to be. That even though Andy's mom owned Jesse and eventually gave her away, she still kept that hat and gave it to her son because he likes cowboy stuff. That's... I'm sure there's other details because people love going down the rabbit hole with this, but that those are the broad strokes. And apparently the uh, the creators, I, I forget who, I think maybe John Lasseter and uh, Pete Doctor, maybe? Some couple, couple guys who were involved in writing it and said that Joss Whedon probably <laughs> uh, said that that was not the case and that they didn't actually uh, intend for that or whatever. But you know what? Death of the author. It's fine. <laughs> I, that is totally headcanon for me. I think that that makes the whole arc of these movies becomes even more tragic with the c- cyclical nature of being owned by someone and yeah. given away. <laughs> if it's literally within the same family. Yeah, it's really great when movie franchises make everything about one family. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's okay. We'll actually, get away from that. <laughs> to- actually, though, Toy Story can pull it off. <laughs> yeah, I actually, that, that's a, there are a lot of Pixar headcanons out there. There's one, like, long one about how they're all connected because, like, the witch from Brave cast a spell and that's why toys are alive or something that I think is a bit. I think that's a bit much. It's very much um, stretching. I've yeah. I've also delved into this and and, and it did, now, now I know there are some <laughs> that like the Pizza Planet van is in every movie. That's just like a fun thing. Carl yeah. like in, in Toy Story three, Andy has like a postcard on his uh, cork board that's from Carl and Ellie from huh. Up. And and all of these are just little like they're they're background details. There's the in Toy Story three. There's a, a little girl with a blue cat that says boo. That's, ah, mm. uh, is that boo? But it's one of those right. things that, n- n- it's never like the main story, so it doesn't yeah. have to be. I think all this stuff is fun to think about, but I that Andy's mom being Emily, I think is actually a pretty cool thing. <laughs> I think it'd be a really cool yeah. reality. Well, I think it helps when it's not just background fluff, like like I think the same plastic ball yeah, in, like all the Pixar yeah. movies. I'm like, well, that doesn't add anything to the story. 
having Andy's mom be Emily does actually make it a lot more emotionally powerful. Yeah, the, at least then, for me. Yeah, well, and that that Jesse got to go back to Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that whole thing. Oh man. <laughs> That is um, such a first of that, all. It's a the montage, poem. the flashback montage, may be the most tragic thing I've ever watched. <laughs> it's so sad. It's such a beautiful song. Uh, when she loved yeah. me, so and we talked last week about how sometimes his songs can be very on the nose. I loved that. I love that song because it works so perfectly for Jesse talking about Emily. That could just be a love song. That could be anybody yeah. talking about a partner. Um, right. Yeah. That whole thing. Just, I had forgotten. When I was watching it, I, I, I had forgotten the way in which Jesse departs from Emily. I thought that they just like left her in a box by the side of the road. <laughs> I had forgotten that it was a donations box for like a Goodwill situation. So I was actually kind right. of eased when I saw it this time. I was like, oh, okay, it's not as bad as I'd imagined it. Yeah. But still, it's yeah, just... it is kind of strange because it's supposed to be a little setup where that it was like this this field and there's a tree where where she would go and and play with Jesse yeah. all the time, like that she'd just run around and stuff. And then there's just a moving or a, a goodwill truck uh, or something like that just next to this this little area. It's like that's a little weird, but you know whatever. We don't see the rest of the surroundings, so maybe <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, in my in my maybe there's a neighborhood fifty feet away. In my town where I live, there's a big goodwill donations truck in like the parking lot of a Lowe's. So <laughs> okay, I, buy I some did. lumber, get rid of my shirts, whatever. Yeah. Uh... Talking about fan theories, I did go down the rabbit hole a bit on this while I was watching the movie because I was trying to figure out when the movies are sp- supposed to take place. Sure. Um, because, like, there's... And you can find people online, like, from recent years talking about, like, oh, I think maybe it's supposed to be in, like, the 80s or maybe it's, you know... Because like, the, the the flashback with Jesse specifically does show her her owner uh, getting all these different 80s sort of memorabilia and, like, it's a clear yeah. very 70s, it, 80s it situation. It looks like it's... It, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, uh, partway through the movie, the movie explicitly says, I forget how that, um, it's, it's 1999 or 19, maybe. Yeah. Or they say something about, or since 1995 or something like that. Yeah. The big giveaway is, is the Barbie speech about buzz. Yes. Right. Back in 1995, they didn't have enough shortage or the short sighted, uh, retailers didn't order enough to meet demand. And so like. I read that, or I saw that, and I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I do people also are, like... There are discussions the... about this online that people are <laughs> arguing over. It's like, no, 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 it, it, it's modern time. Well, Rex is I playing mean, with clearly that... a Super Nintendo controller, so I guess. Yeah, I know. I mean, once you realize that people can just forget little details like that in online discourse, it just explains the internet. Correct. <laughs> Also, um, the reaction to Game of Thrones season eight. Um, <laughs> now, we're, oh now Tyler isn't saying that Toy God. Story two is better than the <laughs> than the Game of Thrones finale. You're darn right. Don't worry. Um, Don't worry. I am. <laughs> and by that, I mean it's fine. I think that's our new. I think we should just from here on every movie we review, we review, we just say, "Is it better than Toy Story 2? And that's our. Ooh. This is this Ooh. is how we decide whether it's worth your time just like <laughs> that is a there, you can watch you, there are six movies you can watch kid the guys <laughs> yeah. recommend 99 percent of it just gets trashed it's just no nope, <laughs> no not not worth it final verdict um i really enjoyed in this movie all of the uh i i, I really liked in the first one i, I like it. Let, me, let me put it this way i liked in the first one how 
we got to see all of these great toys in Andy's room. You've got lizard, uh, a snake, and robot, and mm-hmm. Lenny, and but I like in this they kind of narrowed the focus to like these are the toys going on the adventure. Yeah. I love Wheezy though. Wheezy's great. But there's there's a lot of great comedy with all of those guys that go on the rescue mission. Like I think Ham is so funny in this movie. Mm-hmm. I love when they're driving the car and like it's the car's just like teetering all over the place and speeding and like these hard lefts and you and it cuts to Ham looking through the owner's manual going, There's no way he's getting this kind of gas mileage. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like this really uh, knowledgeable, well-read guy. And there's the great gag in the toy barn where he pulls up and he's driving the little car. And he's like, yeah, I thought we could uh, look around in style. And Mr. Potato goes, let a toy with fingers drive. And he just backs into the shelf. And he's just terrible <laughs> at it. It's so good. Mr. Potato Head is very, very funny. And I've packed your angry eyes. Uh- Talking about the uh, uh, last episode, we we talked about how there's a lot of good jokes that aren't just, oh, this is a dirty joke that kids won't get, but it's still something that adults will appreciate way more. And he has the, uh, I'm a married spud, I'm a married spud, married when spud. He's, he's riding next to Barbie in this. That is... The, the one that I think is, is hysterical is at the end when Jessie's like, oh, I, the dog needs to get let out. And, and she jumps on the little race car thing and she does a little flip. Like Buzz would do, yeah. On the, on the and Buzz's wings just go straight up. <laughs> oh, it's like yeah, just no, an, wow. or it's it's just uh, subtle enough, right? Sort of uh, where I mean, it's not really subtle watching it now, but as a kid, you you really yeah, it, it goes over it. your head, yeah. And you don't, uh, I, I don't feel like as a parent, I would be like, my child shouldn't see that. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, they don't get it. Whatever, who cares? <laughs> um, uh, I, what did you guys think of Barbie? I thought Barbie was very funny in this. Mm-hmm. And I know we get some great stuff with her in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm a bit confused. Cause is that supposed to be, cause the tour guide Barbie isn't with them for the rest of the movie, no. right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I know that Barbie in the third one is Molly's Barbie. Yeah. But well, at the end, when we have the musical number with Wheezy, there's a few yeah. Barbies in the background. So yeah, I guess it's just one of those. Yeah, I guess. There's um, it, neat neat little Easter egg here. Barbie is voiced by Jody Benson, who is Ariel. She is hmm. she is Ariel, uh, which is a neat little neat little thing. And uh, she was also in Enchanted, uh, which is great. But I I don't know I, I I I like that this movie doesn't lean too much on known toy properties. There are a few like Etch a Sketch. And yep. Mr. Spell might be a real toy. Obviously, Mr. Potato Head. And Barbie's like a huge get that they were able to use Barbie. But mm. I also like that it didn't become the Barbie movie. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, Barbie's here. Yeah. Here are some great jokes yeah. and stuff with her. And I like that the main joke is she, <laughs> tour guide Barbie just <laughs> explains things to them. Like, that's the main thing. I think that's very good and very funny. Right. Well, I think actually having her be the person that's just expositing a bunch of dialogue is actually really cool and they yeah. could have easily just made her like the equivalent of of a James Bond dumb bimbo <laughs> character which would not have been cool. Yeah, the the joke with Barbie is that she's really peppy, not that she's vapid. Yeah, right. And exactly. that one one of the bloopers is her going, "Ah, oh, my cheeks are killing me. Oh, mm-hmm. I cannot do this all day." <laughs> like I don't know. I like that. And I like that this movie, 
I, I'm always impressed with the Toy Story movies, how they remind me of toys, like types of toys that I'd forgotten. You know, yeah. like, like they definitely do this in the fourth one. But I was like, of course, yeah, there are Barbie dolls. And oh, right, there are video games. And I love that the toys <laughs> are playing video games. That's so funny. Yeah. I want that Buzz video game. That it's, looks like the most epic thing. It also ever. looks like um, it has real life graphics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, relative to the thing. Yeah, and, that, I, and that's I a neat like, little I reveal. I was gonna say, I don't think. Do we ever see uh, what Rex is actually looking at? Yeah, there's a quick shot after uh, he dies as Buzz, where it's like circling around Zerg, and okay. it's like yeah. game over or something like that. There's like one quick shot. Okay. Yeah. And and I like the the whole thing about Rex going. I can't shoot. My arms are too short. I can't do both at the same time. <laughs> but I don't want to use my head. Yeah. That that the I don't want to use my head line is is lovely. Um, that is like one of my the lines that sticks out to me the most from this movie. Yes, definitely. Still, uh, Wallace Wallace Shawn crushing it. What did just go ahead? The way they're able to set up characters in unique ways that they the jokes just naturally play off each other. Like the fact that that Rex is obsessed with this Buzz video game and he's he's looking at the video mm-hmm. game guide. You remember when those were <laughs> oh, a God. thing? You could yes. pick that up at the store. <laughs> oh man. Um. But and then he he's obsessed with the scene. He's like, I finally figured out how to defeat Zerg. And then we get the Buzz who thinks he's actually Buzz. Mm-hmm. And then there, he's just like, oh, you got, you got to go take the secret entrance and the shadows to the left. And he's like, to the <laughs> shadows to the left, got it. I'm like it's great. Yeah. Do, how do how did you guys feel about we get another Buzz that doesn't know he's a toy? Did you guys feel like that was too much of a retread? How did you feel about that? No, because I I think that's a nice way of being like uh, of showing our Buzz how far he's come. Sure. It still doesn't really help in terms of which toys realize they're toys when they're yeah. created and yeah. which ones don't. So there's a whole slew of questions with that. But we already talked about know, that maybe with the first one. Maybe you can make an argument at some point that it's just new toys. Mm. Like, like newly manufactured. You, yeah, you could just say that, oh, all Vandy's other toys are old. Uh, you know, they're... However, may, I don't know. It's, no, no, you go with uh, all the ones that realize their toys are American-made, but when Buzz reads the, in the first movie, he's like, made in Taiwan! <laughs> <laughs> well, I, cause I feel like having the extra Buzz is almost feels, like, vestigial in some ways. Like, it doesn't... But, but it never intrudes enough on the story to where it, like, lessens the emotional impact. And like you said, it actually it, it is a good mirror of like this is how far our Buzz has come. And I really like that he were introduced to him with Buzz looking up at him the way that Woody was looking up at Buzz in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And and there's obviously we get we get a lot of really good jokes with him going, huh, "That's right, lizard man," and you know, Mr. Potato yep. Person or what, Slotted Pig. He calls Ham Slotted Pig, which is extremely yes. funny to me. Um, so I, I enjoyed all of that, but maybe um, oh, where's I going with this? The thing that I really, really love talking about how far Buzz has come is when he's talking to to Woody and he turns Woody's speech back on him, but in a very touching way where he's like, no, Woody, you're not a museum collectible. You're a child's plaything. You are a toy. Yep. I loved yep. like that's so beautiful that they were able to bring all that back where it's like it's a reference, but really it's I remember in the I think it's the fourth season of Halton Catch Fire um, <laughs> where 
in one part of it, Lee Pace's character says, no, 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 good is the enemy of perfect. We have to, you know, be perfect about it. And then later, Carrie Bechet's character, in a completely different scene, says, no, perfect is the enemy of good. And I loved it. Like, that's so smart. Yeah. <laughs> like, I loved that. Right. And it's a similar kind of thing with this, where they went, no, we're going we're gonna to take this a similar concept and we're going to turn it around. Ah, it's just so good. I think there's there's two main things that it achieves by doing that. One is uh, it, it makes Buzz look awesome because of how he gets back. Like, that entire sequence of him, uh, oh, he yeah. breaks out of the the box, and then he goes and he climbs up some clo- or not clothes, some... Um, store hangers that are like mm-hmm. there's just some toys hanging from them he climbs up all of those and jumps on i think he jumps on a, a zip line with a little plane that was set up above the store and and glides down and lands on a broom and knocks over this thing of bouncy balls and it's just this massive insane thing to, to break through and get into the uh, door before the door closes um it, just a super fun little sequence um a lot like the high sequence from the last movie or it's just oh it's yeah very creative yeah, yeah. Tell they're just this great like rube goldberg thing yeah that, yes. Um, and uh, so there's that, which is a lot of fun. And then also um, the payoff of him pressing uh, fake Buzz's <laughs> yes. helmet is so good, where he just immediately <laughs> yes. starts so choking. Yeah. Well, not just that. He does that, and then he just – all he has to do is lift his leg to show the uh, Andy yes. signature on his foot. Yes. That That's great. <laughs> and – I love it because I I am so tired of the trope of, no, I'm the real person. Mm. No, I am the real person. And then, like, immediately we're just like, nope, that's done. Which feels like a trope. Maybe I'm not thinking of good examples from before this point, but that feels like a trope that came later. Like, this already thought, (laughs) this already realized, oh, no, that's a silly thing. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Or or is it a trope that never, or is it like the trope? Kind of like the, the trope of, in a, of a movie trailer saying, in a world where you realize there aren't actually that many that do that. We just kind of sure. invented the stereotype. Um, I really liked as well when when he hits other Buzz's helmet, they cut to all of the other toys and they all make the face that Woody made in the first movie when he hit Buzz's helmet. Yeah. yeah. Just kind of like, mm-hmm. oh boy, like kind of looking around all like Slinky and Potato Head and all of them are all like, oh, geez. Uh what do we think of our new toys? What do we think of Bu- uh, Bullseye and Jesse? Mm-hmm. I think they're they're natural fits. I, yeah. I think they're great. I love that Bullseye is a dog. I know <laughs> like he's just a puppy. <laughs> like he's just... he really is. <laughs> and I really, it, it's great because Je- Jesse has like this real m- m- melancholy feel to her when you when you figure out what's happened to her, but she enjoys. <laughs> being a toy and just yeah. like having fun like there's there's a very nice counterbalance there where she's she's not too depressing but she still has some pathos yeah uh joan cusack there are points where she's so happy and so energetic it's almost a bit much mm-hmm. but she's also really really good and very funny and i think that she sells jesse so perfectly like that's just a big bright personality joan cusack is right. hilarious i really like joan cusack um I really, really liked the scene, before I forget, where Woody's trying to get his arm out of Al's chest pocket, but he accidentally knocks over all the, the, the Cheetos, the puffy Cheetos, and so now it's become, like, this horrible Indiana Jones dungeon where he has mm-hmm. to, like, step over each one. That's so good. Right. Mm. Yeah, Pixar just, they're, they're so smart. <laughs> and I thought Stinky Pete was a pretty good, pretty good character, a nice little mm-hmm. mini-antagonist. 
I was gonna say that the scene with Hal on the the couch as he's like burping in his sleep is horrifying in <laughs> just like yeah. every possible way. <laughs> what he's like on his chest, I was like, oh my! Um, it's like in a Return of the Jedi when Boosh, not Leia, she's Boosh at this point, mm-hmm. is like slowly creeping through, and Jabba's just like <laughs> basically. Um. But yeah, Stinky Pete is is fun too. I think I like the idea again a lot of oh hey, some sometimes they keep the toys in the box because that makes them more valuable. Yeah. And then the fact right. that ultimately he gets super angry because he's not the valuable one and he's, you know, jealous and bitter of the fact that the kids wanted to play with Woody and kids wanted to play with Jesse and no one wanted to play with the creepy uncle. Um <laughs> and all of that is I think just a lot of interesting and and the fact all of that being wrapped into the TV show, the fact that there's the old black and white serial uh, with with puppets, um, oh, that's so, and that, that they never that find out great, what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a great creation. Which Tyler, Tyler, I think pointed out that it was just kind of weird that either they never aired the finale or they never shot it or yeah. something. <laughs> It's a little strange, but my whatever. assumption is that it got it got uh, bumped for Sputnik coverage, and then it just never aired. But you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Is. Just the setup and payoff of of the cliffhanger episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like, is Woody going to save them? And then they use that at the end. Like that's yeah. that's how you do a setup and, and payoff. specifically they use and that mean something to convince. He uses that to convince Jesse to take the jump. Yeah, as opposed yeah. to exactly. like you know the, the part. Her entire story in this is like, hey. You gotta go out there and find a new kid again and, and enjoy being a toy again. It's like the fact that he has to keep yeah. trying to convince her, and it's like we're gonna we're gonna make it. You know, you you got to take that. Yeah. Leap. That's it. I mean, obviously, that's the most um, metaphorical way to do a <laughs> character making a big choice is jumping off something. Um, but it, it's work. It's wonderfully done. I I really liked. Um, when in, in in the TV show of Woody's Roundup, when Bullseye. And the, or the critters come to Woody and they're like, what's that? Jesse and Stinky Pete, the old prospect, are in the mine and Stinky Pete lit a stick of dynamite. And the dynamite's about to blow and they've only got so many, just this long explanation. It's so funny. Yeah. And of course, the juxtaposition of Stinky Pete being the like, I'm such a bumbling fool. But in but the, the toy of him is this like well-spoken Kelsey Grammer voiced, you know. Now, now, Woody. Kelsey Grammer's great. He's really good. Sideshow Bob, he, dude. He's able to, to pull off, like, tricking the audience into thinking, yeah. like, he's just this lovable, nice, elderly man. Mm-hmm. And then on the turn of a dime, he's he's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's a nice little preview for uh, the antagonist for next week's movie. Sure. Because this is when yeah. this is when the thoughts. this is when the movie like this is when the movie start the or introduce the idea of like oh they're gonna they're gonna be antagon like toy antagonists in the movie yeah. although right. in Toy Story four you could argue that there isn't a toy antagonist I don't know mm. um, plot ish. wise plot wise there is a toy antagonist if right, we're talking right. about the plot definition of antagonist right 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 I would argue there is maybe, maybe villain is the word I'm looking for then um, right. But yeah, I, I liked him, and I liked that they didn't... No, I don't know. I I, th- I thought that was all fun, and the big, like, action sequence kind of thing at the end is is really good. And mm-hmm. the, and I like that Stinky Pete's punishment isn't, like, 
awful. He's just going to go be like a little girl's doll and get painted on. Like it's the, right. and, and his, it's like, his comeuppance is very, very poetic. Yeah. And that it's not, it's just, but it isn't like Sid didn't get him. You know what I mean? They went like, right. no, he's going to go home right. with this nice family yeah. and this nice girl who well, just I, likes I just to draw like, people. Why just like, number one, he, he, a kid will finally play with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number two, his whole thing is like, I am vintage. I am in the box. Like I've never been tampered with. And they're like, mm. oh, sh- this girl, uh, she's yeah. an artist. She's going to paint and draw mm-hmm. stuff on you and, and glitter and everything. <laughs> that is kind of a horrifying reveal when Barbie turns her face and she's got all the stickers and stuff. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it is also... Uh, and then the Phantom of the Opera score kicked in. Oh, man. Correct. Um, it is also just very funny that the girl is just looks at Stinky Pete and says... Oh look at this ugly old man doll! Yeah, I love him. Let's <laughs> let's take him and go do a, give him a makeover. It's not there's no <laughs> that feels like a very you know eight year old thing to do. It's yes, just, very much that like, is what sure, kids do. <laughs> I will take this weird looking toy. I I have seen children and been the child who's like finds a paper plate and they're like, oh the Hylian shield, excellent, <laughs> which is amazing. Like that's a beautiful thing. I I think it's um I don't remember if it's an Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp? I think I'm remembering this right, that uh, um, Scott Lang's daughter has a super ugly doll or something like that. Um, am I making this up? I think that's a I don't remember. Point. Or like a like a detail. I think that's the first one because he shows up for her birthday and yes. he gets her like this really ugly that's doll. And she's like, it's so ugly, I love yeah. it! <laughs> um, now where do we stand on Toy Story 2 v Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, I huh? Think, I think it's gotta be. I think it's got to be Toy Story 2. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm not going to answer that. I'm withholding my answer. <laughs> Toy Story 2 is better. Anyways. I don't think anybody is ever going to make the argument that it's okay. Ant-Man it's or fine. Ant-Man, either one of them is better than Toy Story 2. I don't know. There is an Ant-Man purist who lives next Probably. door to the Kubrick purist, <laughs> the Kubrick purist in Roanoke. And they just argue all the time. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. They just argue I'm about really, Kubrick versus Ant-Man. Okay, you've, you've taken arguing about which is better, Toy Story 2 or the Ant-Man movies, and you've taken that to arguing about whether which is better, the Ant-Man movies or The Shining, which is like... <laughs> oh, all right, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right, Toy Story 2 is still better. Anyway. Um, then The Shining? I, think... I haven't seen The Shining. Yes, it's better than The Shining. I think my favorite moment in, in the whole movie, and really, I I think this is how you sequel bait without actually sequel baiting. Mm-hmm. The end where Buzz is like, well, how do you feel like eventually Andy's going to give us away oh, or something's yeah. going to happen? And Woody's like, yeah, but I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts and you'll be by my side the whole time. And I'm like, okay, that's great because if you do a sequel, then you can – be like, okay, what happens when they get to the end of the line on that? Yeah. yeah. Like, that was such a nice, cathartic way to end the movie. But at the same time, you it leaves it open for a sequel, even though that's, like, that's clearly not the focus. Yeah. Especially and considering after it took you them see... 11 years. Right. Right. And then after you see Toy Story 3, that line means so much more. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. That it actually, yeah. This this is how I, I think we we've talked about like the the planning a franchise yeah, versus sure. taking it one at a time. I think this is the perfect example of just take it one yeah. at a time. <laughs> and I don't think I mean it, I think very similarly to uh, 
probably one of the only franchises that we would argue has the same consistency. Rocky, um, right, is also very much like, okay, we're just going to make this movie. Eventually, we're going to make another movie. Maybe ten years later, we'll get around to another one, and we're just going to keep. You know, we're <laughs> we're only going to make one when we actually feel like we have something to add to this uh, story overall. So, except for Rocky Five, sure. It's fine. You're allowed one miss, okay? You're allowed one miss. <laughs> I love that movie where Rocky okay. fights Forky. That's great. <laughs> also, uh, side note, much much like at least the first five Rocky movies, um, this is maybe the only other franchise we've done that just is, it's Toy Story, and it's Toy Story 2, and then it's Toy Story 3. Sure. We just, we just add Could those Could you imagine up? if they added stupid subtitles That's what to I'm these thinking. movies? Well, Pitch Perfect 2 and Pitch Perfect 3. Well, I'm thinking trilogy is one thing because a lot of the time with those, and Pitch Perfect maybe was not made as a trilogy, but that's my point sure. is that most of the time by the fourth movie, either the fourth movie doesn't exist or they've done something really dumb to the titles mm, right. uh, versus this, we're, we're four movies strong with this one and they just keep adding a number. They're just like, that's, uh, we don't need to. That's what this is. We don't need to <laughs> add. It helps you keep track of which one is which. We don't need to add uh, <laughs> focus grouped subtitles uh, with like, some ridiculous thing that will make people sound like it's interesting. We just have to say, "Hey, you remember those other movies? We we made them and they're really good. We made another one. Do you want to? You want to? I'm watch? looking at you, Fast and Furious. I mean, yeah, secretly the fourth one. That's what I'm saying. I enjoy I enjoy that movie's naming convention because it's bonkers. <laughs> Toy Story Two is officially better than Fast and Furious the fourth one. Correct. <laughs> Hot takes all around. <laughs> um. So just a couple of quick fun facts I had because this this movie kind of overcame a, 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 some weird hurdles in order to come out. It was originally planned as a straight to video release. Oh wow! And they realized yeah. like halfway through production, like oh this is like super high quality and matches the first one. All right, well, let's pump some more money into this and release it in theaters. And I think they Good. they um, redid some of it and changed the story up a bit to make it a bit bigger. But that's that's huh. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. And then also apparently one of the animators took a copy home with them on their their computer and somehow it got deleted or something and they thought that they had lost the movie. Oh no. <laughs> but luckily they had a backup. <laughs> Jeez. So Well, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. Making movies is hard. <laughs> Huh. Um, I did want to point out just because the, this is interesting, not necessarily, not necessarily that it actually matters, but they did cut out a a scene in in the after credits blooper reel that was in previous releases of the movie and is no longer. I think Tyler, you said with the 4K release and then yes. with the, the Disney Plus one, they cut out the blooper where. The prospector is talking to a couple of Barbie dolls and basically saying, like, oh, I can get you a part in Toy Story 3 if you stay with me. And then he's like, oh, oh, are the cameras on me? Oh, that's – oh, I didn't mean mean anything by it. Has not aged well. No. I'm of two minds about actually removing it from the film, but – Well, there's, I think that, there's layers um, because yeah. it obviously is referencing a lot of – uh, unspoken horrible truths about 
the Hollywood system um, right. at when it came out at the time. And then obviously over the next couple decades, that has become a thing that people can actually talk about and, yeah. you know, get uh, charged with specific for specific and yeah. justice can be dealt for it. Um, and then also the other layer there is that uh, John Lasseter uh, yeah. had some, it, it was not, it was not to the extent that, you know, some of the actual like rumors and recent cases that we've seen come to light have, have proven to be. Um, but it was a, kind of a pattern of being just generally disrespectful of uh, women's boundaries and um, harassment and just generally yeah. not being a good person. Um, and, and, I, and everyone I kind remember... of turning a blind eye. And I can't remember, because I know that he removed himself kind of, like, ahead uh, of, or at least that was how I heard about it. The general assumption is that it was very much a, hey, you need to take a vacation, or you need to take a break. Step step down, or we're firing yeah. you. Gotcha. Um, and so, and he has not returned, as far as I'm aware, uh, thankfully. Yeah, so. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, which, yeah I, I know what you're talking about. For for me, I, I'm I'm always... I'm always just thinking of the slippery slope argument because I really don't like tampering with films after they've been released in theaters. Like, mm-hmm. stop messing with it. Sure. It was released. It happened. Hey. You you can't just sweep that under the rug. And Disney Plus has apparently done this with yeah. with a couple of other films that they've posted. So it would be different if it was just a one-time thing. But if they continue to do that, that's going to continue to bother me. Sure. And obviously... <laughs> of all the examples, like this one is not a big deal. It's more, the most more just when I'm looking at it's it's when I'm looking at the context of everything else that yeah. it starts to bother me. Sure. And I and I think with and this it, one, because it's it's one joke in the fake blooper reel. Yes. That <laughs> feels a lot more like, okay, no one's really gonna miss this. It's not actually gonna impact the narrative. It's just like you know what we can just not show this one thing that just mm-hmm. and and almost more of a we all know like we we don't want anyone to think that we still think this is funny because it's not yeah well and that's when I don't look, think it's I would argue it's not necessarily a case where at the time it was like oh that you know we can make fun of this and we think it's silly it's mm. it, it feels. At the time, it feels like a like a jab. Um, like oh, a, I see. Oh, this is that, that's at least how I would read it. Is that sure? It's like, oh, hey, this is a thing, a horrible thing that goes on in the industry, and yeah. we're we're you know quietly putting it out there, um, right? Because I I don't think this is the only example of studios doing things like that um, around this time. Yeah, well, I know like the, there there were stories that like Family Guy had jokes about specific people because they're like, mm. we're not going to just come out and say it, but we're going to put in this thing like, Hey, <laughs> you see? Yeah. yeah. Right. And I think, what? yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where now it's not, it's both not in good taste and it's not necessary. <laughs> you know, pe- right. people know about this. People have been, um, taken a trial for this, got jail time for this. We, we are finally treating this as seriously as it needs to be. It no longer needs to be this sort of, Oh, Hey, you guys, there's this, a horrible thing going on underneath the surface yeah. of the movies you like, you know, now, now it's out. Yeah. We all know though, about it. At least more so than it used to be. Um, I don't know. I think for examples like this, if it continues to be a thing that, that studios do and Disney does, I kind of wish they would just have a disclaimer 
at the beginning being like just for some historical context there might be something that people find offensive now it does not currently represent the company's values or anyone involved just remember context is key and and maybe specifically identifying at what point it happens and just being like Maybe offering a version where, where it's it's in there and a version where it's not. I, I think know. that's a fair argument for a lot of things. I think that's a fair argument for a lot of adult movies. I don't think Disney would ever even consider that for <laughs> Toy Story 2 on their no, big no, streaming no, no, platform. No, they would. And, and obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here. Sure. Once again, I'm looking at the broader context, not, it, not just this, this is, specific example. This is uh, anger that wants to be directed at the Star Wars or Simpsons or whatever they've changed the various things that they messed with on Disney Plus. I've heard I've heard they change the look of Iron Man 1 and Iron Man 2 mm. to look more because those are the only thing that those on the Incredible Hulk are the only MCU films shot on film as opposed to digital. So apparently they did like some motion smoothing or motion blurring or something to make them look more digital. That's silly. Which, <laughs> which is dumb, and I hate it, especially because I have a problem with a, how a lot of Marvel movies look. Um, not those first two Iron Man movies, so that's a whole other discussion. I also think that when you are talking about movies like... I, th- I think the best example for this is Peter Pan, right? Um, Peter Pan, the beloved film, with a her horribly racist depictions of native americans Mm. yes musically visually it's really horrible and i know that a lot of people and the argument you often hear is like oh but does that mean it's not art which is not the point we're not going to get into that (laughs) but it is it is offensive and i think the argument i've heard people make for keeping it in the movie is education we need to show people what this looked like so that they can spot it when it happens in modern art like if you don't know what you're looking for you won't know it when you see it and so by right and i understand like this this, for disney to be like we don't want people to think that we don't care about this horrible thing which is in in that for that specific movie i could see a disclaimer being really useful where it's like hey this movie has a terrible depiction we have left it in so that you can all understand one how far we've come and that we don't do this anymore but also that this is what it looks like. So if you see things like this elsewhere, like you need to know how wrong that is and why like, that's like wrong. In a, like if you see it in the song of the South, for example, exactly, exactly. <laughs> or, uh, just you like... know, Phantom Menace, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the importance for me of historical context and, and artistic integrity, I think are paramount for something like that. No, that's, uh, yeah. we're talking about Disney actually. Um... <laughs> oh, Oh, excuse me. I thought we were talking about Universal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but no, and I think but, you're right because I think the, the 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 quandary that a lot of studios feel like they're in or feel like they're in is if we leave this in, people will think we're okay with it. If we take it out, it's like we're erasing something that never happened. And if you erase it, you can't learn from it. And it's right. like, what's that right balance? And uh, and I, which is why I think for something like Peter Pan, Song of the South, Dumbo. That's where you really have yeah. to be like... Oh, Song we... of the South's never getting released no. again. You're no. never going to see that fine, again. I think. Which honestly. is... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but, uh, but like for Dumbo and Peter Pan, those are times where it's like, okay, let's use this as an educational purpose. And because that's like whole scenes and whole movies, that removing that is a does do a lot to the narrative, yeah, you need right. to leave Where's that in to help people Where's my disclaimer for the Phantom Menace? 
from the Nemoidians. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just Jar Jar. We're, we're so sorry to the, hemis- the hemisphere of the planet. Um, <laughs> but uh, but then with um, with Toy Story two, I feel like it's going. You know what? We could put in this disclaimer that hey, there's one joke in the bloopers that are fake. That the thing, and this is what we meant. And they might have been right. like, "That's really complicated. Let's just not put it in there." <laughs> no, because right. it's a, it's a smaller, not like it's a smaller issue, but it is a smaller uh, scene and thing to tweak. Yeah, I mean, do you all know? Like, uh, for for Peter Pan on Disney Plus, is there some sort of disclaimer or anything? Probably I not. haven't watched because I, I was going to say if they do put disclaimers on, on the more egregious examples like that, and then for something like this, they cut out the scene. I think I'd be. I think yeah. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. We're, when they're able to make clear that, like, we didn't leave this in out of support or ignorance. We left it in so that families can now have a conversation about, like, sure. this is what racist caricature drawing looks like. <laughs> this is why it's terrible. Right. You know, because I know a lot of people have a lot of issues with Disney as an entity because of its its difficult past. Some of that, I would argue, whatever your problems are with Walt Disney, he didn't make Little Mermaid. <laughs> like, he wasn't, he hasn't been here for a lot of the new Disney movies. So, like, I get it, if, if if that's your problem. But you also have to remember, like, all of this stuff came from, you know, tough backgrounds. So it's like, if you don't want to watch the old Disney movies, I get that. But if, do you have pro- those same problems with the new movies? If so, what are they? Like, there are room, there's room to converse about this stuff, but... Right. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 complicated and layered, and people like to hate Disney, um, and people also do like to often, pretend like Disney is flawless. So yeah, I was gonna say people like to hate Disney. It's often warranted. Um, oh but, no, I, yeah, you know, I agree, and not because they didn't do Star Wars right or whatever. No, look, no, 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 no. look, look, look. This is just just a long extended conversation. I'm I'm using this all just to wrap around to two two points. Release the original cuts of the Star Wars trilogy. And release New Mutants on VOD, you cowards. <laughs> Does Disney have that? Yeah, yeah it's a Fox officially? property, and they oh, own Fox. Gee, come on. Uh, the, and they're basically just trying to, like, they, they keep trying to put it down. They keep just trying to let it If let they it keep free. pushing it back theatrically, then more and more people will it's, forget about it. Then they don't ever have to release it's, it. It's like, if, <laughs> it's like watching, you know, their, their videos of people trying to release, like, small small woodland creatures back into the wild and they immediately get like attacked by a hawk or like they run into traffic or something right it's like the same it's the same (laughs) they just every time they're like all right be free little buddy you can just you know make a make a a, a few bucks and just let it die nope nope just every time (laughs) release date just steamrolled by something i like to think that they somebody went in and they went up to the print or the whatever the, the usb port whatever they use of new mutants and they were like it's time you're finally gonna people are finally gonna see you we got hamilton and then (laughs) they just ran out of the door of the room and then the new mutants is just sitting there like but Arya stark's in this (laughs) oh boy I like to think that Josh Boone hasn't even seen the movie. Like Disney was like, "No, you're not. You're not seeing." It. I made the movie. You're, you're not seeing it. He directed remotely before that was even a thing you could you needed to do. <laughs> I think ultimately the question we're trying to ask is: Is Toy Story two better than Disney? Oh. can God create a door even He can't open? <laughs> 
did Disney create a movie that's even better than itself? Toy Story. I would argue it's made did, many movies that I would is agree better than itself. I think I, I promised to have more research next next week being now this week, and I don't. I did not. Um, when did Disney actually buy Pixar? I forget what the whole. I think the isn't the idea that Disney. I want to say they partnered with Pixar to like fund their first few movies. And then and it's something about the fact that Toy Story 2 uh, I'll have to find the full story for this next week. But something about the fact that Toy Story 2 was going to be video on demand meant that I believe they didn't qualify that as part of their their contract. They were like, "No, we want another movie because you made Toy Story 2 uh and that was supposed to be like a video on demand thing." So we still want two more theatrical releases, even though they, the original contract was three. Um, right. th- there's something along those lines that, that kind of mm. got all messed up. Like, they were on pretty bad terms before they eventually got bought out um, in the mid-2000s yeah. or so. Cause I think, yeah, because I think Pixar released a few of their, like, big, like, golden age Pixar, like Ratatouille and stuff, mm. I think without Disney. Sounds at I, Probably at least yeah. a couple. I'd, well... We'll figure it out for yeah, next time. Yeah, I, I know. I know Disney was on board for Brave. I remember that happening. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that would have been after the kind of merger. Yeah, but I can't remember like what the first movie that was under the banner of Disney Pixar, like fully Disney Pixar, was. Yeah. Ah. Now the question I've had to ask myself is: Is Toy Story two better than Greener Grass? <laughs> Which is a movie that I watched a couple of nights ago at the at, at the recommendation of friend of the podcast Cecilia, and it is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. I have never, I never laugh when I'm alone the way I laughed at Greener Grass. It is a incredibly bizarre, incredibly strange send-up of, like, suburbia and blah, blah, blah. Mm. I've heard it described as if David Lynch came in and did an episode of Desperate Housewives. Okay. I've heard it described as if John Waters just decided to do, you know, it's so strange. I, the closest I can liken it to is, like, Wet Hot American Summer, which I find hilarious. But th- it was written, directed by, and stars Jocelyn DeBoyer and Dawn Luebi? Luebi? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. And these two women have essentially reached into Britain's subconscious and said, here's that comedy you've always wanted but never knew how to actualize. It will not be for everybody. I will not. And I wish all I want to do is quote every joke so that I can feel capable of making those jokes, that I could be that funny. And I know I'm way overselling it, but the caveat is not everybody will find this movie as funny. It's not dirty. It's not crass or anything. It's just so strange. But it is I grass. I love it. It is grass. And I don't – It is. I don't know. I, I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It's. I think it is so hysterically funny and brilliant and amazing. But it is not – like it's. I, I can totally see so many people watching that movie and going, What? What this is this is supposed to be funny? What are you talking about? But for me, it was it was like I don't know. It was it was the most like personal viewing experience I've had in a long time, and that's my uh, snuck in recommendation for this week. 
Sneaky, sneaky, the sneaky. Comedy, the comedy pulled from my subconscious is The Cable Guy starring Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, I gotta, get, I gotta watch that still. I have a DVD still. It's a, it's a weird one. And Tyler doesn't <laughs> like it. Don't. That's correct. <laughs> and the comedy pulls from Tyler's subconscious is... That's a good question. Made in Manhattan starring J-Lo. <laughs> It's uh, Blue Velvet. Um. <laughs> well, actually, the one from your subconscious may be the, the What Did Jack Do? The yeah, Monkey close. David Lynch movie. That's probably close. I don't know. That's a good I question. I you were going to say Green Room. Or Green Book. Both <laughs> comedy <laughs> classics. <laughs> I, I, sh- I shuddered at both movies for different reasons. Oh, my. <laughs> you boys want to dive into ratings on old TS2? A plus. A oh, plus. wow. No question. So you think it I is... Think so So to pose a real question, you think it is better than Toy Story? You think Toy Story 2 is, in fact, better than Toy Story? I think there are moments in the first Toy Story that I like more, just for personal reasons, like the whole army men scene that I gushed about. Oh, yeah. But this is head and shoulders... I think, okay. it's, it, I, I think it's it's a lot more it, it's just what it does what a good sequel does it's just it, it's just more expansive it, it really dives into the the stuff that the the first movie explores but it just does it more <laughs> I think it's it's better than the first one in about every way hmm. and of course I gave the first one an A so not a whole lot of room for <laughs> <laughs> can't go up much more <laughs> I do think overall this is the best of the four films. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to give it a flat A um, because I I know what my A pluses, and I did say pluses, for this franchise look like. And this is just shy of that. And, I, and that, that is the most, like, loving, you know, I, I love this movie. I think it's brilliant. But it, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's just that personal X factor that it doesn't have that that pushes Toy Story one to A plus territory for me. Right. <laughs> Which is weird to be like to give a movie an A and then have to explain like why like what it's lacking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's still a very well, positive apparently fourteen percent of the audience users <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes didn't <laughs> like the movie at all. So there's that. Yeah. Um. I think I'm gonna give it an A flat a as well um and i don't again i I don't have much of an explanation for why i mean i I, both of these movies i adore and i are like heavy nostalgic classics for me um it's i think the first one really just nails it for me in terms of the the execution of the premise and and kind of how everything works together i don't know i i have no real explanation other than uh this one i think is is only great instead of uh the one of the best movies i've ever seen i guess yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> like this movie's fantastic I, I think the first one is a miracle this one is fantastic like yes. they're both very superlative terms i feel like my um overall reviews for all of these movies are going to be a bit different than y'all's i can buy that yeah I, I don't know exactly what I'm going to feel about the next one. Um, I haven't seen that, I think, since it, since I saw it in theaters. And uh, I I remember the strong parts. I don't remember. There might be stuff in the middle that I'm 
the, honestly, that, that's a good. I feel similarly. I saw it in theaters, and I saw it once after that, and both times were very profound emotional experiences for me. But that's what I remember. I don't remember a lot of the connective tissue. Right. So I'm interested to see how I, I mean I I will react to it positively. I'm not going to dislike any of these movies, sure. but I, well, I, I, I think I'm, yeah. For for me, I think it says something, and not so much with the third one, because um, I haven't seen that one in a while. But for the fourth one, hearing all the reviews and everybody talk about it, and be like, yeah, it's fine, yeah. Like uh, the 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 reception seemed to be like, yeah, it's good, but everybody just seemed to be lukewarm about it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched them like. No, guys, this is really good. Like, yeah, <laughs> Toy Story movies are really good. Are we just yes. forgetting that? Are we just gonna <laughs> push that aside? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I, 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 all of my reviews for these are going to be very, very positive, and yeah, I, I, I think I already know what my favorite of the four is, but that will, I will know that yeah. in two weeks' time for sure. So for now. But again, a, a Toy Story movie I don't like as, as much as the other two toys. The other Toy Story movies is still a movie I love, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, I think the biggest question also, will be if we uh, manage to go below the A range. If any of us do, yeah, for sure, for any of these, because that's not something I am sure of. I doubt myself. it. I don't. I don't foresee that for myself. I also watched A Bug's Life again last night. Oh there man, what a good movie! Man. When, Roger Ebert once said that when they are firing on all cylinders, nobody does it better than Pixar. Yep. In some, I, I, I'm paraphrasing there, but he's basically saying like Pixar at its best is like the that's that's the pinnacle. Like yep. they know what they're doing, and I, I think that's true. I, I really do. They're just an extraordinary thing. Anything else? Anything else you guys got? Toy Story or not related? I watched Chicago. 